Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Hi, good morning. I'm Dana, grateful recovering compulsive eater. I seem to have just mislaid my glasses, so maybe I won't do some of the reading. Um, hi, I'm so happy to be back at this group. This was my home meeting for, gosh, maybe 15 years, maybe longer. And I think it's maybe been 10 to 12 years since I haven't been coming to this meeting regularly. So it's just good to be back. I appreciate being invited. And how long do I speak? 20 minutes. Okay. And someone, can someone give me five minutes? Actually. Thank you. Um, so step one, uh, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. I want to try to read a couple things from the AA, I mean the OA 12 by 12. Tana, sorry to interrupt you. Is someone going to warn you, give you time warnings? Is there someone that would like to do the time warnings? I can do my own timing here. Okay. I got it. Thank you. Sorry, Tana. That's okay. Um, this is from the OA uh, 12 by 12. Step one, we have found through much experience that no matter how long we abstain from eating compulsively and no matter how adept we become at facing life, we will always have these abnormal tendencies. Those of us who have returned to our former compulsive eating behaviors, even after years in recovery, have found it harder than ever to stop. Clearly, if we are to live free of the bondage of compulsive eating, we must abstain from all foods and eating behaviors that cause us to eat compulsively. But this too has proven impossible for us to do by our willpower alone. Alone, We were obsessed with food and no amount of self-control or weight loss could cure us, cure us. Because of this obsession, the day always came when the excess food looked so inviting to us we couldn't resist and our firm resolutions were forgotten. Sooner or later, we lost control and returned to compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors. This mental obsession was something we couldn't be rid of by our unaided human will. If we were to stop eating compulsively and stay stopped, we had to find another power stronger than ourselves for relief. We ate to sate the fears, the anxieties, the angers, the disappointments. We ate to escape the pressures of our problems or the boredom of everyday life. We procrastinated, we hid, and we ate. As long as we refuse to recognize that we have this debilitating, progressive, and ultimately fatal disease, we are not motivated to get the daily treatment that brings about our recovery. And part of my daily treatment is uh, reading and writing. I call it my spiritual work in the morning. And uh, I want to read, read something I wrote this morning. If I can read that, it's kind of nice not to have my glasses because it makes me slow down. And part of, uh, and that's a good thing for me to need to slow down a little. Uh, this is what I was in my compulsive eating days. Uh, locked up with fear so tight, body hard as a board, consumed with controlling, spending, deading, eating, so fat, a martyr, a victim, Blaming everybody else. Can't be close to anyone. 
a bad mother thinking I'm a great mother. Harming my child with my active compulsions and powerless to do anything about it. Driven by a brain locked in trauma. Miserable. Asshole. Making all around me miserable. Codependent and clueless about that. Had made my child my higher power. So let me qualify. I, uh, I'm 71. Um, <clears throat> As Rosia knows, we, we share a birthday. I think we're just a month apart. I think she's a month older than me. Um, I moved to California in 1981, and I got into Al-Anon's ACA in November of 81 after our second relationship breakup that just left me devastated. And I went to a therapist, and I was talking about how everything in my life went really well. But in relationships, I would pick these people that were bad for me and then stay with them. And she handed me a, a sheet of paper that listed common characteristics of adult children of alcoholics. And it just it defined, it nailed me. And so I started going to Al-Anon ACA meetings at that time. I lived in the city. And then in February, the, just months later of 82, I quit smoking. And within four months, I had gained 70 pounds. And I'd never had a problem with weight or eating before. And through my ACA meetings, I met someone who was in OA. And so I knew about that program. So in June of 1982, I started going to Orators Anonymous. And that was in San Francisco. And I really used it in those early uh, years as a uh, weight loss program. I got abstinent. I lost the weight and I left. To uh, Oakland and I've lived here ever since. And I found the Saturday morning uh, meeting, this meeting. Uh, on, on college at St. John's and the Wednesday night meeting. There was a seven o'clock meeting there also upstairs in, in one of the rooms. We were downstairs then. And I found those to be the best meetings. And again, for, uh, for 38 years, I was a chronic uh, relapser in, in regular OA. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, and every time I uh, came back, uh, my weight was higher. Um, in... Uh, 2000, uh, I had uh, been a normal weight. Uh, uh, well, I wasn't. I wasn't down to a normal weight yet. That, that's not. That's not true. I had uh, come in. I think I was 268. I was down to I think uh, 218 or something like that. I think 50 pound weight loss and doing well. And uh, in 1985, I got into Debtors Anonymous. Uh, I've been a compulsive debtor and spender too. And uh, through my programs, I had uh, gotten a job with the county. I had adopted my daughter, and uh, and in the third week uh, of my training in February of 2000, uh, my dad died. And when I had gone to that job, I was just amazed at how much food there was every place. Of course, it's a very hard job being a social worker, CPS uh, for Alameda County in Oakland, and it was food every place. And everyone, many people had candy jars on their desk and it just wasn't my food it didn't attract me I'd been abstinent for 14 months at that time it was the longest time I'd been abstinent and uh, I relapsed and um, and I left away at that time and I came back in uh, February 2005 at 309 pounds 315 pounds something like that the heaviest I'd ever been you know my first high weight was like I don't know 189 and you know every time it went higher and higher and I'd lost a lot of weight numerous times, obviously. And, and I vowed I would never, I would, I would keep coming back no matter what. So that's, that's really the reason I'm alive. 
is in 2005, I came back and vowed I'd keep coming back no matter what. But I uh, kept getting periods of abstinence and then I would relapse. Somebody I heard in a meeting said, um, they left a back door open and I realized that's exactly what I'd done. I'd always left a back door open. Um, and um, Judy, if you'd share that picture now, uh, I, uh, and this is in, this is July 8th of uh, 2020. Uh, that was me at, uh, I weighed in a few days later and I weighed uh, 331 pounds and I weigh about 177 now. So uh, that was, that was me. And um, it took a while to get to that. I had been abstinent for two years, four months and nine days in August of 2018 and doing well. I, I, been going to the 7 a.m. OA meeting, which became a home meeting every day. I'd retired and uh, things were going well. And um, then my daughter moved in with me, fleeing a, uh, an abusive relationship, uh, 11 months pregnant or eight months pregnant. Thank God, I'm not 11 months pregnant. And uh, and I was so codependent and, and I just started eating again. And uh, it ended, uh, my granddaughter was born and they lived here 13 months and it went very well for that time. And then it got very bad, very bad again. And I ended up having to lock her out and get a restraining order against her the day after Christmas, three years ago. And uh, it just broke me wide open. And I got into CODA then in January, three years ago. <clears throat> and that really has made all the difference for me because I started loving myself. And I went to a CODA meeting every day. And then in April, I got back into Debtors Anonymous because I would order from Uber Eats uh, even before the pandemic. And then I would overdraw my account. And I didn't know they let me overdraw it so much. <clears throat> but my, you know, I had my pension and my direct deposit coming in directly. So I was good for it. And I, I, a couple of times I overdrew my account more than $500, you know, the 30 to $50 on the Uber Eats and then the $35 insufficient fees check charge each time. It was just, it was just madness, you know, and, uh, oh, I was just gaining weight. And uh, so in April of 2020, I got uh, back into DA and called the bank because on my phone, I couldn't stop the uh, overdraft protection and stop that. And then in August, but you know, I still was eating out of control. In May, I'd, I'd gotten off the sugar again. It took me 16 years in OA to, to let go of sugar. And uh, I had become willing in later years uh, to tell people what I was eating after I'd eaten it, but I never had been willing to commit my food ahead of time. And um, then in uh, July, I read an article in the Chronicle on a review by a person with a eating disorder, a weight and measured food plan. And I knew immediately that's what I needed. And because I've been going to the 7 a.m., uh, that, that the St. Paul's into action 7 a.m. meeting Oakland uh, every day, there was a woman there who had been coming for a couple of months and she was in Howaway and she'd share about it now and then. And so I talked to her about it and did my research and it looked like Howaway was the healthiest weight and measured program. And she was going to meetings in San Mateo. So she sent me the links. So on uh, July 8th, uh, 2020, I went to the Wednesday 5.30 Howaway meeting in San Mateo in the Mid-Peninsula intergroup. And I was blown away by the people in the meeting that were 
happy, joyous, and free. And then at the qualifying, the number of people that had lost like 90 pounds or more, a lot of weight and kept it off for years and even decades. I was just blown away. And I knew that's what I needed. So I took down some names. I called somebody after the meeting. She became my sponsor. I started uh, working that program and uh, took off 155 pounds. And I've been in maintenance now for a year this month. Uh, and so I've kept it off and I, I never could do that. I could lose weight. I could gain it, but I was either going up or going down. And it's uh, for me, the kind of structure that I just really needed um, because it has, I call it, uh, I, I have scaffolding around me now and safety nets. I call, I still call my sponsor every day. She's been in program like over 20 years. She still calls her sponsor every day, every day, but Saturday, I call her. I commit my food. I write it down. I have a little uh, reporter's notebook book. I found they're called. I write down what I'm going to eat the next day. There's a food plan, very healthy. I, I eat a lot of food. I eat so healthy and three meals a day, no sugar, no flour, no snacks, um, lots of vegetables. And I write down my food and I give it to her. I call her every night, uh, but Saturday. And I text her a picture of my food on my little plan and my action plan. And I, that sits right by my stove in the kitchen every day. And I double check that every time. And I just eat that. And the compulsion and the obsession with food have just been lifted. They were lifted very quickly. I didn't know I was a carb addict, you know, and it's very low carbs. Now that I'm on maintenance, I can have more carbs. And the maintenance plan is also very prescribed. Uh, you weigh once a month in basic, we call it. And then once you're, at, you're within five pounds of my goal weight, I went on maintenance. And then you weigh every week and you add one food, uh, from one category for a two week period. And you just see how it goes. And I, I, and I've been able to add a lot of food and, uh, it, it's just remarkable that I can eat so healthy. And I've been on blood pressure medicines in the year before I came in, they doubled them because my blood pressure and my heart rate were so much higher. Of course, you know, it's not healthy to weigh 331 pounds. And I came in in July and by no, the end of November, I was off all my blood pressure meds and have stayed off. I have genetically low blood pressure and I've been restored to that. Um, I'm not on any medications anymore. I'm on thyroid replacement, which I've been on for decades. And uh, I'm just healthier and happier than I've ever been. And to release 155 pounds is huge. Uh, physically, the physical recovery, but truly the emotional and spiritual recovery has been so much bigger. It's just been huge. I have just been transformed. And I, I was just ready. I don't understand this. It's not my doing. Uh, I, I know it's just by grace, all this happens. I couldn't make myself abstinent, but I didn't know that um, I got it, that I'm a compulsive eater. I got step one. And uh, I, I know I only get a daily reprieve from the compulsion to eat and the obsession with food and spending and debting and codependency. And I uh, work my CODA program and my DA program and my OA program every day. And uh, one day at a time, you know, I've, I've been given a reprieve, a daily reprieve from these obsessions and compulsions. And uh, in September, a year ago, um, my daughter and I resumed connection. I was able to see my granddaughter during that whole time through her daddy. They have 50-50 custody. Uh, they're not together. And um, it has been remarkable to see uh, the level of recovery both my daughter and I went through during that 
22 months of having no contact. And we just needed that. One of the things in the welcome of the CODA program talks about we used our, our friends, our mates, our jobs, even our own children to try to escape the, the uh, traumas of our own childhoods. And, and I was actually absolutely doing that, you know, which of course doesn't work for either one of us. And there have been some rough spots this last uh, holiday season because that was the three year anniversary. You know, I think last Christmas we were just so excited to be in each other's lives again. But uh, I, I, and I've learned to sit with pain and it's painful, but I've learned to live life on life's terms and to deal with my feelings. And I do all kinds of things now. I reach out, I call someone, I sit down and write, I read, I meditate at least once a day, often twice. Um, I have really good friends in recovery and I got into trauma recovery myself. And uh, over the last winter, a year ago, uh, I had EMDR treatments and that really, really was powerful. Again, it was very painful from my childhood, um, but you know, I just was ready. All the things I've done in all these years in program were just what I needed. And I just kept coming back and it just kept working me. And uh, my daughter and I have a much healthier relationship now. My granddaughter just turned four. I get to see her usually at least once a week, get like a day with her and she comes here and we just have a grand time. And um, the EMDR work uh, uh, untangled my brain. So I'm not hijacked by that trauma anymore. I'm not just triggered and then lost in it. But there's been a lot then that I have needed to process because I had just never dealt with all this trauma. And it, it's, it's been amazing. And because of all the tools and program, I mean, there's an answer for everything here. And thank heavens, I, I don't return to my obsessions and compulsions. And so I'm free to work through this stuff. And um, I've become a lot more uh, available to be connected with people, to, to have true intimacy, to have healthy and loving relationships. And uh, I didn't know for some years in recovery, but I had just locked myself up deep in a vault and I needed to, and I preserved my soul. And now I'm getting to live more uh, who I really am. And it's all because of, of um, my relationship with my higher power and surrender, radical acceptance. I have just learned radical acceptance and just learned to stay in the moment, do the next right thing. You know, just really, I try to stay in the moment, do the next right thing. And I've been relieved of a lot of fear. I'm having a, a period right now in the last week or so where I just feel in, when in trauma recovery, we call our optimal zone, you know, where I feel calm. I'm not hyper aroused or hypo aroused. And it's nice. It's very nice. And um, it's all because of 12 step. and. Um, as I said before, I'm 71. I, I hope to have some more years and it's all because of program. And, uh, and, and I don't understand it. I don't understand this higher power business. It's a great mystery, but I've experienced it like electricity and I rely on it. And um, my higher power is now my higher power, not my daughter, not some other friend, not money, not food. And I work to keep my higher power as my higher power. So that's it for me. Thank you. Thank you.